We're speaking with people that are sending a pulse through their industry. Pulse through their industry. If you want to be taken seriously, you have to be consistent. Have to be consistent. You got to keep the big picture that hey, we're changing the world. We're changing. The league presents Electric People. We're back for another episode of Electric People. How was that? Yes. I, this yes. Is, that was our second attempt at the intro. The first one, the Iron I, Cowboy I, I, himself I, I, I said it was pretty it. lame. Yeah, it was lame. Yeah. No so. energy. We got James Lawrence here today with us. How you doing, James? I'm awesome. Thanks, guys. Awesome. I'm going to take a crack at your intro. You ready? Go. All right. World record for Ironmans in a calendar year. World record for half Ironmans in a calendar year. The only man to successfully complete the most grueling and impressive endurance feat of all time, the 50, 50 iron distance triathlons in 50 states in 50 consecutive days. Featured in major publications. I just read a GQ article on you the other day. Yeah, GQ, that's fun. Shirt on or off? On. On. Okay. Okay. Success, Success hey. Magazine came and they said, hey, will you take your shirt off? And I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass, but let's do the interview. <laughs> but you can Google it. Let's do the interview, it, yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, has a featured TED Talk you've interviewed on many different podcasts, such as Impact Theory, author of Redefine Impossible, subject of a documentary that tells the story of the 50, renowned speaker and world traveler, family man, husband, and father of five. Bang. Not bad, right? That's pretty good. Yeah, That's good job. So um, the other thing that I saw today, I was uh, looking up just some, some images and stuff to spark our conversation, and yeah. I came across the 2015 toes. I believe it was on your Instagram. I did. I, I, I reposted it because I'm, I'm preparing for a, 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 a race that I have no business doing. It's in Fiji. It's 400 miles. If you and have no business doing it, who are your competitors? Say. Well, it's an adventure stop. We're actually not allowed to say what the race is. Um, but we'll, we'll dance around the actual. Give us name a teaser. We'll just, yeah, it's a little teaser. It's <laughs> Location a four, it's a, and date and it, it's distance. September and we'll it out. in Fiji, 400 miles. Um, and this this type of racing, um, map and compass. Uh, the reason that people uh, fail, uh, that, or teams fail, teams of four, is uh, they get lost, they get sick, or they have foot problems. Wow. And so I'm testing a lot of different uh, uh, shoes in the ultra lineup, what's going to work. I'm testing different toe caps. I'm testing different ways to tape the feet. Um, like anything, I'm, I'm over-preparing so yeah. that that doesn't sideline me. And through experiences that we had on the 50, we had some major trauma with our feet and uh, lessons learned. And so I reposted a fun picture from 2015. It made me cringe. I saw that. Yeah. If you haven't Googled James Lawrence 2015 feet, I don't know what sure. it would show up yeah. under, but it, Iron it, Cowboy it'll, it'll feet. If you just do uh, Iron Cowboy images, that's the one, one of the, the ones, ones. that will come up. And what's, that, what's interesting, if you've got the stomach, zoom in a little bit, and on the one toe, um, you can actually see like little red dots. Those are nerve endings that are oh exposed. Oh my gosh. And I, I like I, felt it in my dude. chest when I saw the picture. Yeah, I can't, it's hard to explain the feeling of an exposed nerve ending. And uh, it's just, especially when that's your contact point to running and whatnot on the ground. So uh, yeah, uh, pretty, pretty fun stuff. Toe caps. Toe caps, yeah, silicone toe caps. That's, that's they the work? way to go, hmm. like a champ. Really? Yeah, so that picture that I posted was on day 16 or 17. Of the 50? Of the 50, and I have images later once we discovered okay, how do we fix this? We have, you know, however many more Ironmans to do. And then we started treatment on the 50 under extreme duress. And I've got pictures later on that the body adapts and figures out how to heal if you give it the right tools. And so it was pretty cool. I did a podcast this morning where they had kind of that before and after, and you would have thought that the images were backwards, but they were actually in the right order because my foot 
given the right tools and circumstances and what the body needs, it'll actually start to heal under extreme conditions, knowing, okay, this is what we're doing. I have to make those adjustments in order to see this through, right? You're like the perfect case study in like recovery and extreme conditions. Like who else has put themselves, honestly, like put themselves through you, you know, those you know conditions what? I, to, you I, know. I, I am intentionally put myself through it, right? Obviously that's a, that's a, that's a differentiator from a life and death situation. I watched the most unbelievable, it's an older documentary about climbers touching the void. Mm, I've Have you guys seen, seen it? Mm. Go home and watch it tonight. It'll rock you. Is that really? people, is that Everest and they got stranded? It's not Everest, it's two guys back in the day that were ice climbing. They summited a mountain for the very first time and without ruining it, they got caught in a storm. One guy breaks his leg and the other guy that's with them is lowering them down the mountain 100, 300 feet at a time guy below falls into a crevasse and there's the guy sitting there hanging and doesn't know if his guy's alive dead and after all of a sudden he just stopped moving on the hill or on the mountain well he knows he's hanging because his yeah, rope's yeah. under tension and he can't slip it around the knot so he's makes a decision to cut the rope if he doesn't cut the rope they both die for sure if he cuts the rope whatever the percentage is that oh. at least one of them gets off. Oh my God. It's an Dude. unbelievable story. This guy thinks he's dead, so goes heavy. off the mountain. And then it's the story about the guy in the crevasse that ultimately gets out. And it is a unbelievable story. I need story. to check it out. It made, it made I wanna me I want to know what feel, those feelings are between those two now at this it, point, right? They tell you at the end. Because the guy that cut the rope, it's a big no-no in the climbing world. Yeah. And once you understand the dynamics around it and the situation, and look, it's a hundred percent chance that we're gonna die if I don't cut. It's oh like, dude, you're gosh. hanging there, Jordan, and I'm like, eh, I've got a decision to yeah. make. Is it both of us? Is, is it just me? It? Is it just you? What are we doing? Are we playing Pebble next week? Like, what is the decision here, right? Cut the rope. So fascinating wow. story, true story, and it was it was it was truly one that I watched and I went, I'm a pansy. <laughs> like, and that, you know, that and says it, something. And that's, yeah, you know, that guy could say something, I don't know. But it was just one of those gut checks moments where it's like life or death, what is the human body and mind truly capable of? This guy, an unbelievable story. Um, touching the void. If you haven't seen it, I would, I'd recommend it. Hey, if it's IC inspired, man, Iron Cowboy inspired. I, I felt that way. Um, a lot of our sales force, when we first met back in, it was like three and a half years ago, back in 2015. Yeah. And you spoke to our group. Um, and it was after that, like what, like a year that your documentary came out? When is uh -huh. your documentary? Yeah. 16? Yeah. I felt the same way. I've often said the more I learn about your story, the more impossible that becomes. Because in your, and for you guys listening, if you haven't had a chance to watch James's TED Talks or, uh, you know, if you haven't had a chance to have him speak live, um, the more I learn about it, the more impressive it is. It's like you say stuff like, well, it was hard to get sponsorship or the doctors told me that I couldn't do it. But the deeper you go into that, the more that kind of unfolds. Yeah. But I had that same thing watching your documentary. <laughs> I was like, I am a pansy. What am I complaining about right now? I'm hungry, I'm tired. What, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because you see the headline and then you see the surface stories, the popular stories that are out there. And it's not until you truly dive into the finite pieces and details of what we actually did. People see the headline, right? They don't see the, the decade beforehand or the years afterwards and what that takes to come out of something like that and the recovery process and that. People are just seeing this when there's the, the timeline before and after that mm -hmm. are shockingly. I mean, just you take away the physical and mental side of what we did, the logistics side is the most impressive thing. Given the team and support that we had to pull off 
50 states, 50 Ironman courses, you know, and then you put on, pile on top of that, the criticism and everything that happened and everything that was surrounding it. Once you really start to break it down, the, my, the most favorite emails that I get is from a guy that says, hey, I just did my very first Ironman yesterday and I have a very yeah. different respect level for you than I did yeah. prior to this oh. moment. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I think it's interesting because you talk to people and you know instantly whether they have a baseline of comparison or if not. And mm -hmm. it, I just, it's just my favorite email to receive. Ah. I get it, sort of. Yeah. A little. The, not really. The level of appreciation or respect just changed. You know, and, and that's fun for me because, you know, I'm just, you know, I, I, I hope that I'm remembered for being a father and a dude and an inspirational person that gets people out of their own headspace and believing in themselves again. Because that's, that's ultimately what I've learned since the 50, is I've had the opportunity to travel through 48 countries and speak. And although there's a, the world is huge, it's so close in an individual's mindset. Like we're, the, we're mankind, we're the human race. And I don't care if, if I'm speaking in India or Sri Lanka or Singapore or New Zealand or wherever, I have found that humans are, we are our biggest obstacle, especially as adults. You know, as kids, we've got that innocence and, you know, we dream big and what, and somewhere in that, in the process, as adults, we've complicated things. We've, we've, we've made them more difficult. We've magnified our fears and ultimately we're getting in our own way. And my story on stage, yes, it's the story about the 50, but it's not about triathlon. It's not me pounding my chest about mm -hmm. I'm awesome. These are the things I accomplished. It's about facing your fears, getting out of your own way and dreaming bigger than you've ever thought possible and, and believing in yourself that that's truly possible again. We, we've, we've been comparing ourselves against medio, mediocrity. And, and my, my, my hope and dream and whatnot is to now get people to get out of their own way and to carve their own lane and to start achieving what the human mind, body, spirit, and emotion, all that together is capable of doing. And for some reason, along the way, we've lost that. And no matter where I go in the world, it's a common thread. We're stuck, we're getting in our own way. We will always be our toughest critics and hardest on ourselves. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out how to solve that and get people to, to, like I said, believe in themselves again. Is that, is that part of the reason you do what you do? So you, you mentioned earlier, you said you intentionally put yourself in these situations and you continue to do it. It's not like you did the 50 and it's like, oh, 50, great, it was done. From what it sounds like, what you're alluding to, there's bigger and more going on. Why, why do you continue to do it? Yeah, you know, I did, I did an interesting podcast this morning and I'm always shocked when somebody can come up with a question that I've never been asked before. And somebody said, you, you must love being uncomfortable, that's why you keep doing these things. And I said, no, it's the exact opposite. I hate being uncomfortable. But my biggest goal is to set an example for my kids. I've got five kids. And I'm a firm believer that we're never just standing still. Right? In life, we're either moving forward or move, moving backwards. And the longer we stay comfortable, that's, that's when we're gonna start to slip and go backwards. And so when you make yourself intentionally uncomfortable, you have to be facing a fear. And that's what this whole thing is about, is, is our willingness to overcome the emotion that we've created in our minds, which is fear. And so it's about breaking down fear, becoming uncomfortable so that we can progress. And for me, I hate being miserable. But people assume, hey, Iron Cowboy, your favorite thing to do is go out there and suffer and do stupid. No, I don't like it, but I like progress. 
I like knowing a better version of me is on the other side of this uncomfortable moment. And, and there's something beautiful about laying on the side of the road crying and having that conversation with you, quit, don't quit, quit, don't quit. What am I made of? It's not a, it's not a life and death situation. I've intentionally put myself there. The, the, the panic and easy button is right there. It's right there. But what did I say I was going to do? And am I willing to see that through? What example am I setting for my kids? What type of growth am I going to see right now by seeing this through, right? Am I, am I, am I willing to face that fear and make it a non-factor? It's just an emotion. It's interesting because, um, you know, we run these direct sales teams. Our guys go out and they sell every day. And um, one of the things that we often see new people ask high performers is stuff like, what's your schedule? I bet you get this all the time. What's your training schedule? I've never done a triathlon before. What should I do? And I always argue that what you should be asking is what makes you tick? What makes you willing to put yourself in there? And I think the fact that you're purpose-driven, you said, my main goal is to set an example for my kids. All right, the logistics kind of figure themselves out as far as this is my training schedule, but that why I think is probably part of the reason you drive so hard, right? Yeah, you know, and it's it's a difficult topic because you tell a kid right out of college or right out of high school, find your purpose. What's your passion? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really maybe not the best advice to get to give a kid. It's confusing. Okay, I have to find my passion in order to be successful. I don't know what the hell my passion is. And now that kid's in like this circle of confusion, trying yeah. to figure out where to go, what to do. Well, find your passion. What's your reason? Why are you doing it? Well, I don't know, <laughs> right? And so we're asking this kid to do something that he has no idea why. And, and it, it, it's hard. And so for me, I, I think you, I just encourage people to get in there and do and show up and start having experiences and that experience will lead you to your passion. Your That's passion, Your passion will ultimately turn into whatever you're good at. Right? My passion wasn't triathlon. I love golf. Mm-hmm. I would way rather be. That sounds a lot more comfortable. So much like, more comfortable. Like I've never seen 2015 toes on, on a golf Rory, course. Rory McElroy, <laughs> right, you know and you're mean? not on a speaking tour by golfing 50 courses in 50 days. Yeah. But, that, but <laughs> that's, should try but, it. But that's my. Yeah, I should try. We should try. <laughs> we should it. try. That's it. the in. next thing. I know I'm you're in. in. Um, but but I think that's the problem is is sometimes we don't know what our passions are until we have experiences and try different things. So I think it's terrible advice to tell a young person. Do your passion, find your passion, turn your passion into. Because they end up doing into, stuff like, I like music, so I'm going to be a musician, and that's and not. It's not. It's, it's that's not the probably not what you should be doing. And sometimes you, you, what you're passionate about, you try to make it your income, and it ruins that passion for you. I think I, I think it would have been a, a bad move for me to turn golf into my passion. I probably wouldn't enjoy it as much as I do now. And and even right now, because triathlons become my ammo, it's who the Iron Cowboy is, right? Some days I wake up and I'm like. I want to hang out my bike forever. Like, yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And that's the moment where you're like, okay, is this still a passion? Or is it really time to turn a new leaf and do something else? I would have never, ever said that speaking would become a passion for me. Mm. But I started speaking, and I was good at it. And over the past four years, it's turned into more of a passion for me because of the impact that we're having. Ask me five years ago, James, you're going to be a, a, a world you know, premier speaker and speak in 48 countries around the world. The answer is resounding no. There's no way, no chance. But it's now one of my passions. And so the best advice I can give you is don't find your passion. Go have experience. Go live life. I love what you do. 
Dude, you take a, a different thing every year and, and, and dive into it, experience it, learn in it. You don't know if one of those things is going to alter and change your life forever. Yeah. Right? Now I'm running out of time is the problem. Nah. Right? I've got these extra, I've got, I'm trying to keep them all up. You know what I mean? But oh, yeah. I can see that. I think uh, that resonates with me because I, I definitely think that's a place where the developmental, like kind of like the self-development industry gets it wrong. They say, find what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Well, I work a lot and I have a lot of things that I love, but... I think if you go out and experience things, I'm interested in, do you, can you pinpoint kind of the time where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm kind of finding the key to life through this crucible, right? Like I, I, I wrote a couple notes and I think that your kind of pain riddled crucible that you've put yourself in has kind of been your key to figuring out like your enlightenment, right? Like all these theories that you have about people being too soft and, and how to push through pain, that's all come through this avenue of triathlon, right? I, I think it's been through self-discovery through everything that I've done. I mean, you go way back in, in my timeline and I wrestled for, you know, six, seven years. And I think that develops a certain amount of grit and mental toughness. And then I had a fun little 10-day span where I sat on a Ferris wheel and was mm. just occupied the space with two of my Which ears. Which is one right? of my favorite stories That's of all time. Story. Story. Should, my should favorite story. Favorite right. And so, you know, you do little things like that where you start to get a glimpse and, and success breeds success and confidence breeds confidence, right? And that goes back to having experiences. You don't know what events are going to completely, is a, is a major pivot point in your life are going to take you different different experiences. And so I, th I think by not having experiences, people do a, d a disservice in, in their lives to truly finding out what, you know, what they want to do. I think the biggest mistake people do is they, they say, music's my passion. Mm -hmm. I want to be a musician. But they didn't go interview or talk to mu musicians to find out what that industry is really like. And maybe their passion is songwriting and it's not performing, right? And they don't, wouldn't enjoy that part of life. But they go all in and commit and make all these sacrifices and then they get there and they're like, this isn't, this isn't what I want. This isn't what yeah. I want. And now what? Now you're totally pigeonholed down a road that you don't even want to be on anymore, and you're still not happy. And so I think I think one thing that people do is don't dive into a passion too early, and don't pigeon don't make that decision early. Do a lot of things, and you know what? Go and go apprentice for free. Find a mentor in that space and go, go learn. Go. The best thing that anybody can do is go learn from people that have been down that road because you don't know what that road is, and you see what their life is now. But you may not like the journey and what it takes to get there. I have a lot of people all the time, ah, oh, I, I want to do what you do. I'm like, you don't want to. <laughs> I promise. I promise you have that idea this morning. I promise you, you don't want to do what I do. I mean, you, you see me on, on my bike on a, on a Wednesday afternoon because every day Saturday now. Um, but, I mean, or, or you see me on stage. You don't see the hours That's on an airplane do, and yeah. by myself in a hotel room and, and conference and the same conversations. And you don't see the hours I spend on a bike by myself. I mean, you're seeing a headline. Well, and, and doing the thing. Don't forget the thing the, that you right. do. Like the, the sure. crazy events that you do, yeah, right? And, I mean, and all those things in between. Um, but it goes, you know, all, full circle, why, why we do what we do. And it's the, the moment you cross the finish line or the moment you achieve one of your big goals or the moment you, it all becomes worth it, right? And that's kind of what drives you. And for me right now, it's the emails that I get and the impact that we're having and I almost feel the social responsibility. If I stop, I'm gonna, you know, it's this pink motivational ping pong game that I'm playing. And who, who am I gonna miss having the opportunity to inspire if I don't keep doing what I'm doing, right? Yeah. And so I have those internal dialogues with myself all the time. And th there's gonna be a time where it's not gonna matter if I go bigger or better because I can achieve the same thing by 
using the stories and what we've done to accomplish that same goal. So at some point in time, I'm gonna have to have that real conversation with me and say, okay, where is my biggest impact and what's gonna be? How much of this is just a journey that I wanna be on and what are my true limits? I don't wanna die, but what are they? And it's just that, that fine line dance that, that I have with myself. Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, brilliant, most epic idea I've ever had. And the same day, that same idea is a terrible idea. I don't ever wanna endure what that idea entails. And for me, the challenges isn't what scares me. It's the knowing the preparation and, and work and sacrifice that's gonna go in to get to that moment. Mm. Because I know that any challenge or, or goal that I have, totally achievable. If I give it respect, but then knowing the, the framework that it's gonna to take to achieve that goal, because I don't wanna do anything that I almost wouldn't bet everything I have on it, right? That, that's, that's, that's the type of preparation I wanna do. Am I willing to bet everything I have on it now? What does that preparation look like? That, and it's that space that scares me. Yeah, right? what flavor of pain can, do you wanna have? Yeah, right? and, and, I, and, and for me, the, the suffering and once you're there, that, when you hit that moment, that's all you're thinking about, right? All the prep is done, you can't go back on that, the stress and worrying about it is done. For me, the, the hard part is, okay, if I'm setting a goal and it's 18 months from now, that 18 months is real. And the success and failure from that comes from the next 18 months. And what am I willing to sacrifice? What pain am I doing? This is, to me, when I do these big challenges, those are victory laps. I've almost, I've almost ensured my success because yeah. I've seen it so many times in my mind. I crossed every finish line dozens of times. I created all 50 courses on Google Earth. I covered every inch, every step of all of those. It was a done deal for me. The hard work was getting there to that moment to where, I mean, the celebration, the first dive into the, the, the water in Hawaii, it was just like this massive exhale. And I was like, all I have to do now for the next 50 days is concentrate, focus on this. The work is done. Now, how am I going to screw it up? That's such a cool way to think of it. Yeah, it, it seems like you're kind of alluding to this, but I remember we were playing golf one time, and maybe you remember this. You probably don't, because the way you said it was just in passing, and for me it was like, <laughs> like it, it made a difference. But we were, and you were actually asking me about some golf stuff and kind of my upbringing with it, and I said something, and you, and you said just so nonchalantly, you said, oh, yeah, I mean, choose your destination and accept the path. Don't choose the path and, and accept the destination, or whatever. And, and I remember thinking, I was like, Dude, choose your path and accept, or choose your destination and accept the path. With his mind Don't blown choose on the, the path and accept <laughs> the destination. But for you, it's kind of who you are. So I, I'm curious as to, did you gain that after you started to do some of these things, or is it because of that mentality that helped you get through some of this stuff? I, I think it's probably a healthy combination of both. Um, I, and again, it goes back to having as many experiences as you can, because you only gain knowledge through experience and you only gain experience through knowledge that you apply to the experiences. And so uh, I, I would say it's a combination of both those things. Um, and you, you have to grow, adapt, and learn as you go along. And when I first started this journey, a single Ironman was extremely daunting. And now looking back to do an Ironman a weekend, every weekend, like if somebody said, hey, for the next year, do an Ironman every Saturday, I'd be like, okay, let's, start, let's start on Saturday, <laughs> right? But when beginning of my journey, I'd be like, oh my hell, that's unfathomable. And to some guy right now sitting on the couch that's struggling with yeah. getting up and moving, an Ironman every single weekend, not possible. He can't even, can't even comprehend it. So something is always the hardest thing it can be until you've gained experience and gone through it and learned the lessons that you can now apply to the next. 
this is going to sound absurd. I think 100 consecutive Ironmans is possible. But it's in a remote location. I can pull from the experiences that I've had. I know the pitfalls to uh, avoid and navigate. 100 in a year? No, consecutively. Days? Obviously. Obviously. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> clarifying. We don't hang out much, man. <laughs> I'm just trying to talk about 100 people states listening. somehow now. 100 Ironmans, 100 days, one location. Yeah, I believe that's possible. I believe somebody will do it. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've, you know, it, it's crazy because Roger Bannister, you know, does the yeah. four-minute mile, and then it opens the floodgates. Um, and you know, there was a group of guys that, in a remote location, did 30. I bumped it up to 50 and did it in such a crazy way. Um, and and I, I think now it has opened up the minds and possibilities of people that go, okay, that that yeah. that was that's now the new kind of benchmark. We're not even, you know. So it, it's it'll be interesting to see what what happens. But do you have people starting to flex on records of yours? Like, do you have people that you have your eye on that are like, I think this guy. Are there people that want it? Are there people that have? A couple have tried. A couple have failed. Um, tried what? Which one? Like fifty. A fifty. Yeah. But what about even like the 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 number for Ironman in They've a year is fifty. They've been broken. They have been broken. Uh -huh. Okay. So yeah. you've had people a that are running them down. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and it's always crazy once you set that benchmark. People are like. Okay, that's possible. Now it's possible. Go, yeah, now it's possible. Yeah. And and before I broke the record, it stood for a long, long time. And then now it's been broken twice. That's interesting. And uh, that's and pretty so, cool, though. Like that you were the the person that showed people what was possible for you. You enabled the breakthrough, right? Like that's that's pretty. Because cool. it was what three years ago. Four. Four years ago. Four years ago, and there's been multiple attempts and record. Wow. It's it's crazy. And I th I think social media has a big part of that. Because before, there's always been, I mean, these these climbers and all this stuff, I think it was more in that space that guys were doing it. And and for me, it's always been a personal journey and pushing myself physically and mentally. It's just now there's so many ways to view that. The world can have a front row seat because of technology. And so now more people are seeing it and have access to the accomplishments, which is empowering more people to do it. So more people are seeing it that it's possible. Yeah. And more people are putting it out there that they're attempting it just because of the nature of social media, live streaming. When we did the 50, I mean, Periscope on Twitter was the first thing. I mean, that was the only live streaming. Periscope's I mean, gone now. And They now, didn't have Strava or anything back then, did they? None so of them. So now people could watch you every day, watch Absolutely. Pace, you could do like, live tracking. You could yeah. do, I mean, it's just, in just in the past four years, the, the huge jump in social media, streaming, all those outlets. And so but it also puts people under bigger microscopes. But I think that's why these type of things are, are getting broken is because not that not that people are, just more people have access to it and mm -hmm. are being inspired and seeing new benchmarks set. And I, I honestly think in the next you know five years, we're gonna see a, a 75 attempt and a 100 attempt. Really? Um, oh. in, a, in moving locations, man, I, that would be really hard for me to conceptualize in my mind just knowing logistics, it would take a big budget to do it right if you're doing moving, right? You could do it on a pretty slim budget, same location. Um, but just knowing if you could figure out this, uh, it's just still tough. That moving location logistics part is a big deal. Going back to something you said a second ago, I think it's interesting that people that are ultra successful in, in whatever their endeavor, they kind of have a certain respect for the process. I think, um, you know, you mentioned a lot of people come up and say, I'm going to beat you. I see that in sales a lot of times. Oh, I'm going to beat you. And you just kind of like, I don't even want to respond because you, you know what I mean? But this whole like idea of saying, okay, I'm going to meticulously plan this out. The interesting thing that I see with successful people is there's no emotion attached to the logistical schedule. It's like, okay, I decided to do the 50. 
that means every day I'm riding my bike eight hours. That means I'm eating this, I'm just doing it. And they don't allow them, I don't know if I'm articulating it well, but they don't allow themselves to feel like, oh, I don't want to do that. It's just decided now I just have to plug in and follow. Yeah, one of the, one of the biggest questions I get was, did you, did you ever doubt? Did you ever, you know, wake up and go, today's, you know, I don't know if we can do today. And the answer is no, and that's an honest answer because with that type of thing, your buy-in has to be all in. And that's one of my taglines and, and things that I do from stage is I sign my book, go all in. And that doesn't mean all in all the time, no pain, no game. That means commit 100% to what you're doing and now become a master problem solver, right? You're, for us, my, my wife, the two wingmen and myself, we sat down before the 50 and we were like, this Which is, is a pretty sparse team by today's standards, right? Like with oh the resources gosh. available to you now, that was your wife, two buddies, I have the picture of the map that your yeah. wife was holding up from For a couple sure. years ago. Yeah. It's like a laminated Rand McNally. It's up in our house, in our new house right now. It is a symbol of chaos. It looked like it was a night at the Lawrence's house. They're like, well, let's just see. Let's get the map. We did. Let and me go to Kinko's and <laughs> washable markers. Um, but, but I mean, th that that's what it that's what it comes down to. Is um, I totally forgot what we were talking going about. Going all in. Yeah, and, going and all in. Not having emotion in, in yeah, the process. Yeah, and. and, and setting yourself up for ultimate success. And, and we, going into it, we never had that conversation of that moment where it's like, ah, I don't know. We were always like, there's no doubt. We're doing this. It's how and at what pace and how do we solve that problem? Somebody just asked me the other day is, well, did you, did you sit down and think, is this possible? Am I gonna do it? I'm like, we didn't have time to think that way. You don't have the luxury to think that way. It was so chaotic and so minute to minute, we were problem solving, figuring it out. And it wasn't a matter of, okay, then I'm gonna try this, if it doesn't work, we're done. It was like, okay, that didn't work, what's next? And that didn't work, what's next? And it was a, it was a process that we went through and we, we were willing to exhaust everything until, okay, time literally has run out and we, it's not possible. But we were willing to, to do it. We were master, we became master problem solvers. And that's, and that's what most people don't do. They actually, instead of looking for a solution, they're hoping they, uh, something shows up so that, yeah. so that it gives them an excuse or a reason or validates them quitting. Oh, it's be I didn't quit, it's because of this happened. I had that opportunity every single day. Oh, this happened, the public's gonna understand. No, you figured that out and figure out a way. And because of that, and you know, we made decisions and was criticized for it, and that's a completely other conversation, and some people will look at one thing criticized one way. Criticized by some, right, maybe? It, it's a small number. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, hard to criticize. Um, so, but those are moments where you, you learn, you adapt, and grow. And, it, and it, for me, it was a huge learning thing, looking back on what we did, how we did it. And for me, a very valuable lesson, looking at somebody else's journey, you have no idea what they're going through, yeah. why they're making the decisions they're making, what influence, what their background is, what their history is like. So for me, it was what, probably one of the most valuable things that I learned on the 50 was like, look, everybody's on a unique journey of their own. Everybody's heart is spectacularly different. And who am I to judge a decision that you made that was the best for you in that moment, right? People aren't looking necessarily all the time at big picture. And I, I'm kind of a, step back, look at big picture, what's the, what's the move, right? And I'm not perfect, we make mistakes all the time. But I think that's one of the best things that I learned was, look, I don't know you. I don't know the journey you're on. I don't know the difficulties. I don't know your history. And who am I to judge what you're doing because it's your choice, your decision. 
And the reality is, if you did know someone, like think of like, okay, so your kids, right? You know your kids' personal struggles, you know their strengths, and you have overwhelming love for your kids. They're of you and stuff like that, sure. but it's almost like if you understood someone's journey, the result probably wouldn't be criticism, it'd be empathy, right? It's like, I understand, like I get it, I understand why you made that Well, and we, we've talked about, we've hinted on, you know, right before we sat down, you're like, look, I don't want the key stories. Yeah. I want the back history, I mean, not the back history going forward, I want the right. small details that nobody knows about. And I think I think that's, that's important, because somebody truly, there would be not one person criticizing if they knew all the right. finite details sure. that my wife went through and the wingman and myself and the sacrifices that we were made and the journey of the kids and all those those finite things that make something possible. And on the flip side, that's why you're not successful. <laughs> that's why you have it because you don't understand and you're not willing yeah. to do what it takes in those small things. So we've all heard it, success is in the details, right? I say all the time, people, what's the secret to success? doing a lot of little things consistently over a long period of time. That's what people aren't willing to do. And if they understood what those little things were, they would have a different perception on, on how we did, what we did, why we did. I've heard it called the mundanity of excellence, where it's like, okay, the, the headline, that's the thing that people want, but the requirement is the dark hours early in the morning on your stationary by yourself. You know favorite, I mean? One of my favorite quotes is, uh, 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 um, I'm not gonna botch it. Um, a high tolerance for monotony is an underrated superpower. Oh, I like that. Right? Interesting. And it's, 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 it's becoming a master at the basics and being okay with those moments of boredom and whatnot because it's, it's like that, my, one of my favorite commercials is the Under Armour commercial with Michael Phelps. Dark, early yeah. hours, by himself in the pool, throwing up, midnight wait sessions. It's those moments in darkness that Stadium's not there, the audience isn't there, but it's those moments that lead to, you, to your ultimate success, right? So, kind of we, along uh, that same path. We had a conversation with Sean Whalen, I don't know if you know Sean, uh, he's here in Utah, but he was talking about, he's done a lot of things and he's got a large social media following. I bet it's hopefully somewhat funny for you or else it would just frustrate the hell out of you, but to look at people's criticisms and what people have to say, the keyboard warriors and stuff. But he says, uh, he was relating it to direct sales. He's like, you know the people that have never made fun of me? He got, his, he got beat up in an MMA fight. Yeah, he got knocked out, it was yeah. hilarious. Yeah, and so he's like, he's like, everybody makes- I love you, Sean, yeah. but that was funny. He's like, everybody makes fun of me. But he's like, you know who doesn't make fun of me? People that have been knocked out in an MMA fight. Out. People want to say, hey, well, some of, those, some of those races you did on a stationary bike. Yeah. You know who doesn't say that? Someone that's done consecutive Ironman. You know what I mean? Or like, someone that's- Or done he, here's, here's the funniest part about that. Riding a stationary bike is harder than outside because the meter stops ticking as soon as I stop pedaling on a stationary bike. I can coast outside coast. for a minute <laughs> oh, and yeah. give myself a break. I'm on the pedals 100% of the time pushing a watt and a power to cover the distance on a stationary bike. But people, people are like, ah, oh, inside. Inside. Didn't happen. <laughs> Air conditioning. And I'm like, I'm like, oh man, you've never been on a bike stationary bike before, have you? Yeah, hydration. That's interesting. Nah. Yeah, but it, we see the same thing because people want to say, ah, oh, no, nah, direct sales is dumb or I'm going to do something else. I'm going to get a real job. You know who doesn't say that is people that have felt it. People that have been out at 9 a.m. without a sale. Like it's, it's very interesting. And I think uh, to those that have experienced, it's one of those like, it's like a unique brotherhood of anybody that's done their hard at that level. You know what I mean? And, and, and I, I've gotten to the point where uh, the online stuff, I it's funny. You me. almost you can't to. take it seriously. You, you cannot take you it know? seriously because they have no concept. And uh, sometimes when I'm bored and have a little bit, of, I'll get into it like a fun, 
Like I got 15 <laughs> I got minutes. 15 I'm gonna engage. Let's, let's go. You picture guy eating a bag of chips, yeah, just telling you. Yeah. What are you eating? Just, Send me a selfie right now. What are you eating? Sometimes right now. I call these guys pizza and porn, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's just, hopefully that creates an image for for the, the viewing audience. Who's but, criticizing? Awesome. Yeah, it's just entertaining to me. And sometimes I'm like, I'm in I'm in the mood right now. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And it's just fun because I know You've I've never that? I've never lost one of these arguments. I think one, one of the it just it just went on board. One of, one of the hard things that we do, and it's probably the same with you, it's, it's a mental game, right? It's that inner voice that tells you, you know, stop or quit or why would you go out now? And these, it's, you alluded to it, the excuses that validate why yeah. we stopped doing it. Um, how do you get started? That, that's the thing that our guys deal with, I think, a lot of times is it's 100 degrees. It's, you know, what starts that engine? And how do you, I, I remember you talked to us one time. Just on a day-to-day? Day to day, or or in a big event, right? Um, you talked to us one time about kind of your uniform and your glasses. It was like yeah. when you put your glasses on, you're a bad dude. How do you mentally? Where where do you go mentally to get yourself to be that bad dude? Yeah, the the uniform and being a bad dude comes much later in the process. Um, I, I've learned that, and I struggle with it too. And, and again, it comes down to the space between your ears. The hardest thing to do is to start something. It's absolutely the hardest totally. thing to do. And have you ever had one of those stupid mundane tasks on your task list and you just keep putting it off and putting it off and it becomes more daunting and more daunting and then you finally do it and it literally takes five minutes and almost zero capacity to do it and you're like, that's been a stress thing. It's ruined my life. It's ruined my last (laughs) two weeks and it literally took me five minutes and no brain capacity. I have one right now, like you're speaking to my soul. I need to knock it out by this weekend. Yeah, and and I've got one on my list right now too and it's been there for a week and it will literally (laughs) take me five minutes. But that's the thing, it's the hardest thing to get started. And so, uh, and I deal with it all the time, but once you get started, I always say motion creates emotion. And once you start something, it's going to feel different. And so you, whatever tricks or whatever you do, everybody's going to be a little bit different. For me, accountability partners. That's huge. Um, people assume I wake up every day and I'm super excited to work out. Oh, no? That's, That's false. No. <laughs> like, again, I love comfort. But I plan my workouts with people, with the wingmen. With they have a fail-safe. My, yeah, and so my alarm goes off, and I'm like, hell no. I'm like, ah. You've eliminated the, the opportunity to have an emotion, right? Exactly, like, and so you have to figure out or put sales st- safe stops or whatever in place, um, and sometimes you just have to play your man card and go, you know what? I got to start and just get going, and uh, 10 out of 10 times, 100% of the time, once you get going, it's not even close to as big as the deals you totally thought you true. were. Always. You're creating that own environment in your head. And again, it comes back to getting out of your own damn way and showing up on a daily basis and just get going. Because once you get going, just two weeks ago, I'm in Moab, big training weekend for the race we're getting getting ready to do. Secret race. Secret race. I've seen some of the clips. You've seen some I'm, of the, I'm trying to like so put in my mind So we're sitting is. there with the team. There's four of us. I'm exhausted. We had just done rope climbing all day. I had a really frustrating experience. I got stuck on a rope. I was up there for 30 minutes. I couldn't figure out how to pass this knot. I was learning. I was struggling. I was frustrated. We got back. We had food. I've got my recovery boots on. The basketball game is about to start. We're in the middle of the NBA playoffs. And they're like, hey, it's time for the night ride. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I, don't, I want no part of this tonight. Like, yeah. I'm done today. I'm, I'm at my wit's end. And uh, they were like, no, come on, let's go. You'll, you'll. I had a blast. I went on this night ride. I got up there. I looked up, and it was just a complete star cover. 
It was cool. unbelievable, and it was the exact place I needed to be and wanted to be. I didn't want to be anywhere else. Hmm. Um, but I was totally resistant on going, and the, the hardest thing in that moment was starting. And once I got out there and got over myself and my complaining and whatnot, I had an unbelievable time. And I was so grateful for the people around me that said, come, let's go. That didn't let you get yeah. away. That didn't with. let me get away with me being comfortable for that, that moment. I think scheduling your pain is kind of a thing too, right? Because it's like, okay, if, if something, I find if something sits on that list too long or if something I just don't want to do but I know I have to do, tomorrow at 10, put it in the calendar. And accountability partners is great. Like, hey, don't bother me during this time. I'm going to do this. And then it's like, but you're right. Every time you start it, training's a great example. Nobody wants to train, oh. but then you start training and no one regrets training after having trained. Yeah. Pre-training, no one wants to do it. I always say I've never regretted one time getting up and doing my workout. I've regretted every single time I've gone back to bed. Absolutely. And then it haunts me the whole day and now I'm trying to figure it out and plan it in. My motivation gets lower and lower throughout the day and I'm well, like, I should have just done it. And yeah. I would have been more productive today had I done that workout. And, you know, So I've never regretted one moment or time that I actually got up and did what I was supposed to do. Jordan asked about your inner voice. Um, have you heard Will Smith's little YouTube thing on running and reading? Have you heard that? Probably, but remind me. It's really short. It talks about, he says there's, there's the key to life is running and reading. He gave it at like a Nickelodeon Kids Choice Award thing when he accepted, he yeah, right? But he said, uh, he says when you start to run, and running specifically, he's like, there's a voice in your head that starts to tell you, my lungs are gonna explode, oh, I can't do this, I have too much to do, oh my gosh, today's a bad day. And he says, if you can learn to defeat that person, you'll learn how to not quit when things get hard in your life. And then reading, someone can honestly probably is more equipped to challenge your accomplishment because you've written about it. You've done a documentary about it. They can, you've done podcasts and there's content on it, right? But I'm interested in what your, if you can answer the question, what your inner voice says to you. You're not man up, iron cowboy in every second of every single day, especially in the painful moments, I'm assuming. So what are, what are things that maybe early in your journey uh, showed up uh, as challenging to you? And what are things that you tell yourself? What is your personal dialogue? What are things that you say to yourself that helps get you through? Yeah, it's, it's probably the question like, what's my mantra, right? What do I do in those dark moments? Yeah, but I also want to know vulnerably, like what, what gets to you? Like, are you, when you're running, are you thinking, I don't want to do this? Are you thinking stuff like that? Or have you evolved past that? No, absolutely not. The one thing that I have learned is that voice in our head is never going to go away. And, and, and everybody has it, I guess, and everybody, right? Absolutely. It's human nature. We have it. We, will, we are our toughest critics. We'll always be hardest on ourselves. I think I've said that. And um, the voice isn't going to go away. What we do get is better at managing that voice and having those conversations. And life is about wins and losses, right? And we're going to lose some of those conversations, and hopefully we learn from them and then go back and, and win that conversation down the road. The goal is to look back and move as many of the lost conversations over to the win through experience, right? Success breeds success, confidence breeds confidence. And so you're going to always have those conversations with yourself. I still have them. They're less frequent because I'm good at winning them and silencing that voice and- When you have the confidence of a lot of wins. For sure, yeah. And the more wins you pack up, the more confidence you get, the more successes you have, it, it all is compounding. And that's why the more fears you face, you get better at it, things become less scary. What was once impossible is now very possible. That's now reality. Looking back now, it's easy. You know, all those things. But you have to, you have to experience them and keep showing up. High tolerance for monotony. A high tolerance for monotony. But it's it seriously, the bad news is the voice never goes away. 
the good news is through practice and intentional showing up every single day, you're going to win more conversations than you're going to lose, and that's going to build momentum. So do you have a, what is your mantra? Do you have anything that you actually repeat to yourself? If you don't, that's fine. But. I, I literally don't. Really? Um, and, and I think it's just a constant evolution. Um, sometimes, like this morning, I listened to, to a great Tom Bilyeu podcast on impact theory, and, and so today I'm going over some of those things that keep me going. Oh, that's a great topic. So I, I more have try to have intelligent conversations with myself, and I can silence the voice pretty quick. Yeah. And for me, I have to go, okay, let's just go back to, like, like running specifically. Okay, let's not focus on the pain. Let's focus on some technique. Let's do technique for one minute. And all of a sudden, no, uh, that, that's gone. I'm warmed up. I feel better now. This is great. And I've, I shifted my focus somewhere else. You still do the minute, the, the be perfect for a minute thing? Yeah, but I've, I've narrowed it down to a second. So talk about that, because I actually think that's, it might not be a mantra. It might not be words where you say, James, but it's concept. Focus on your heart. Yeah, it's, it's what it's a you con- go to. It's a, it's a concept, what I go to, because everybody's heart is different, and, and I've learned that even in your darkest moment, you're destroyed. You can conceptualize one second in time. Because I got to the point where I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't put together 20 consecutive Ironman. From where I was sitting, that's too daunting. I can't do it. I can conceptualize one second. I can do that. And, and that, is, that is painstaking and to do one second at a time, but sometimes that's what it takes. Next, one step. Is that step gonna kill me? No. Oh, I just gained some experience. That, did, that wasn't so bad. But that's all I could conceptualize. And so sometimes you've gotta like micro, micro goal these things because you feel overwhelmed. And emotions are real and I get depression. I get all those things and the overwhelming feeling and the weight of things and expectations and being a man and trying to provide and being in the dark, I, I get it. It's real. I've got five kids, I've got a family to provide for. I've got a, all these expectations as an athlete, all these things. And when it gets real, it's okay to break it down and to, the, to the, just the very next minute because it's not always gonna be like that. And that takes a certain concentration, a certain amount of attitude, but at some point in time, you gotta, you gotta shelf whatever's big. And you gotta, you you gotta focus. You just can't process it, right? You just can't right. process it. I remember a time on the 50 where someone said, all right, man, we've got, we've got 14 more Ironmans to go. And I'm like, what? No way. I've got nine to go to five to go. Yeah. <laughs> I can process digits. Keep it under, 10. Digits. Yeah. Keep it under 10. 10. I couldn't process anything bigger than 10. And we got to the point where the crew wasn't allowed to say any number bigger than a single digit. However they wanted to break it down, whatever, I could conceptualize single digits. No, man, I got nine to go to five to go. I could do nine, I could do five. I couldn't do 14, right? That's so that's, awesome. That's, that's really interesting, like how your mind works and how that actually helps your brain, gives you that energy that you need. Talk to me a little bit about, I'm curious about like the, the emotional side of it. So this is obviously a physically daunting thing that you continue to put yourself through. Sure. But um, in your book, I was, I was reading in your book, and you specifically talk about some of these people that would run alongside you or bike with you or, you know. Um, and one in particular, you said at the end of the race, you looked back and saw this guy finish the, come across the finish line and you guys embrace. Like, there's, there's a big part of this that's emotional. And I would, I would assume, and I want to hear your take on it, recovering from the emotional side, is it similar to the physical side? Is it more difficult? What do you go through emotionally when you're doing this? A single Ironman or just journey in life? Because I think human connection is super important. And, and for me, that's one of the hardest things for me to do. Because, dude, trust me, I want to be home. 
I've built a home that I technically should never have to leave again. We have Amazon Prime. I've got my theater. I've got my training gym. Center. <laughs> I've got my training center. I could easily bring you got in a golf simulator. simulator. I could easily bring in a simulator. <laughs> we, I could watch front row of basketball games, virtual. I mean, I could literally never leave my house and I'd be stoked. Um, but then you're missing that human connection. And there's a great podcast recently, and there's a lot of information about how social media is ruining and our perception and you know that, that human connection. And, and so it's, it, is, it is wicked important. And um, looking back on everything that I've done and the people that I've met, I couldn't have done it without emotion and, and the connection with people and the support that we got. I'd love to write a book called um, Iron Man Kind. Um, and, that's a great, that's and a great time. And tell the stories of the people that along the way and how it's not possible. I, I say from stage two, nothing great was ever accomplished on our own. I'm not the Iron Cowboy. Sonny, my kids and the wingman, we are the Iron Cowboy. You've you said it the whole time. You always say we. I've, I've never heard you we. not say I, we. I, I thought I was going to be like, I thought you were going to say we're the Iron Cowboy. I realize yes. I'm not there yet. Right. Someday yes. I'll do something. Yeah, come on, dude. We're the amazing. <laughs> You guys are going to be involved in the next All one. All right, it's a group of six. I get it. It's cool. No. <laughs> Not in this one. I'll try to catch the next one. <laughs> there you one. go. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, the emotional part of things is, is huge. Um, I couldn't have done this without those emotional connections. Um, it's why I keep pushing the envelope, because people have an emotional shift based on our story that impacts them. Nothing rocks you more than, than coming off stage and you're doing a book signing and someone comes up to you and goes, I just want to say thank you. Uh, what you said that I changed my life. And I said, send me a message a year from now and tell me what changes you made. And I get those emails. Oh, that's so cool. And that's the coolest part is seeing that. And so that, that, that emotional connection right there is because what I say from stage impacted them emotionally. We had a connection and it shifted their reality and the way they think and, and empowered them to do something different. I'm not a motivational speaker. That's not my goal. Motivation's a fleeting thought. I want to be an empowering speaker. I want, I, want to, I want to move you to the point where you take action and do something and don't think about change and do change. I want you to be changed, right? You become disciplined in yeah, all Yeah, because right? for me, someone that's on a weight loss journey, you've changed something to lose the weight, but I want you to be a changed person to keep the weight off. So, so did you change or are you changed? That, that's a difference. Yeah. It's, it's a slight, remember, but, it's, but it's impactful. I remember in your, you, I've seen your presentation a couple of times and it evolves. It gets changed a little sure. bit. Uh, is the piece about your mom still in there? It is, yeah. It's my favorite part. Like yeah, I've seen is. you speak probably four times. Yeah. And I've watched your documentary. I've read your stuff. Um, but I still remember the language in that piece. Yeah. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about what that was like for your mom. Yeah, it, it's crazy because the, the end to that story is, and why it's so impactful is because most people can't relate to doing 50 Ironman yeah. in 50 it's days. Just, it's not it's an just, option. It's not an option. It's a mind blowing thing. We're one of one for having been able to do it. One of billion, right? And so the, the point and the reason I tell that story is because I want to push the point that everybody's heart is different. And the, the fast version of the story is, is my mom showed up and trained for a year and has struggled with obesity her entire life and ultimately ended up doing five consecutive 5Ks. And every day she would say to me, I would ask her how it was. And she'd say, James, that was the hardest thing I've ever done. And then she would say, can I do it again tomorrow? And I say, yeah, you just have to show up. And, and I don't reveal that it's my mom until the very end. And, I just blew and, the story, but I love it. No, dude. it's okay. It's like at, so the end, good. at the end, I go and I give her, I, give, I say, I give this, I say, I give this woman live. a hug. What's up, dude? I give this woman a hug and I say, mom, I'm so proud of you. And then, and then I go on to, to 
talk about how everybody's heart is different. And my heart was 50 Ironmans, but my mom's heart was five 5Ks. And the reality is, as somebody in that audience in that moment, their heart is gonna be getting up tomorrow and starting their day. And again, it goes back to judging somebody on their journey. We have no idea what somebody is struggling with in their mind and what their overwhelming heart is in that moment. They could be really struggling. And you know, you guys are familiar with my story with Dayton and this boy we pulled with cerebral palsy and Sonny had to come out and reach out her hand and fix the cart problem and had she not done that. And to me, I tie that all in and say, look, we don't know what somebody's heart is and why they're struggling and you have an opportunity to reach out your hand and do something nice for whomever and get out of your own way and do that. Not because you have to, but because you get to. And, and you, you could impact and save that person's life and not even know it. And I think that's, that's the, the real thing. And that's why my story is different on stage because again, it's not about triathlon, it's not about my accomplishments. It's about understanding that everybody's heart is different, that we're all on our own unique journeys. And, and really, we have an opportunity to impact others, help people get out of their own way and achieve their ultimate success and their ultimate dreams, which is the best version of them, which goes back to facing their fears. You can see we've done full circle so many times with, awesome. with what we're doing. Yeah, and I think one of the things that, is, going off the story of your mom, uh, the thing that I think is special about your journey is a lot of people have the kind of, well, not a lot, but there are others that have had the kind of success where you get to speak and address really broad groups in different countries and stuff. But um, one of the things that just being a family man myself and knowing you personally that I've always been impressed with is how you bring people together. Your mom was impacted by this experience. Honestly, going to 50 states in 50 days with five kids is, a, is an accomplishment. Right, like it's all we can do to get to church sometimes. You know I, I, what I, mean? I go like, speak to businesses and, and, and there's always someone in the audience that they're like, you didn't talk about logistics. Like that's what impresses me. And from a business perspective, that's what I honed in on and how difficult that would be. And not on stage, I only have an hour, right? And I can't get into all the, the, the finite pieces of the, the big puzzle that we have. But, but yeah, you, I mean, just the logistics side of things is so daunting and overwhelming and people don't realize everything don't. that goes into it. Well, and emotionally, like Jordan talked about, but like the fact that you, you didn't just do this thing because I'd imagine people probably argue that this was a selfish endeavor. You did this and you get all this praise, but your family, accomplish something together. And the last time we spoke, Sunny was there because I'm just as impressed with her ability to support and be all in on this journey with you. But maybe talk a little bit about the family because we do a job where a lot of guys relocate. Our hours are very unconventional. They don't get to see their kids when they come home from school. They often don't put their kids to bed. They often don't have dinner with their families. And so they have to do these abnormal schedules to make it work. But success is a family journey. For sure. Our, our family dynamics don't work without both what I provide and do and what Sonny does. And um, there was a time when I didn't get to see my kids every night. There was a time when I didn't get to, right now I make breakfast for my kids every morning. And on a journey, you have to be willing to sacrifice certain things at certain times and do a checks and balance and realize this isn't forever, what am I willing to do in this short span? And if you're a new recruit, you've got to do certain certain things on the doors and, and certain hours and whatnot and realize, look, I'm trying to reach a destination. I'm trying to get somewhere. And the best, the best thing you can do and something that needs to be done is make sure you have open communication with your spouse, with the kids, knowing what you guys are a collective unit. Why? This is my role, why am I doing what I'm doing? And it's because X, Y, Z needs to happen. My kids understand, look, dad's gotta to go to a training camp so that he can get on another stage so that I can 
that we can go on this family vacation together and spend time and create meaningful memories. Hey, we've got this new dog at home because dad was willing to do X, Y, Z. And I get that, this is a team effort. And mom did, you know, all of these things. We don't get to do and live the lifestyle that we do with the, my kids being the kids that they are, with Sonny not being the wife and, and woman that she is, with me not doing the things that I do, but we communicate those sacrifices and everybody's gotta buy in. And we understand what we're sacrificing, when we're sacrificing and why. When I, when I go on the road and I've, like May was a big month and I had 13 events while well, I was gone a lot, but my kids understood, dad's gonna be home all of June and he's gonna spend a lot of time with us, it's gonna be a lot of fun and I get to do X, Y, Z because this is happening, but we communicated that. Good. We've set an expectation. Well, and you also, like, it, it seems to be, you're, you're, hey, the Instagram version of you is the family's in there training every day and smiling and laughing now. I'm sure that's not reality, but even like you found a way to bring your kids, like I've I seen your I believe I have gym. the most realistic depiction <laughs> of what my life actually is on yeah. Instagram than most people. What, what you see Could be, is, I saw you is, stuck on the rope. I saw that on Instagram. I did stuck on the rope. I did, I did a time, <laughs> lapse, time lapse of me stuck on the rope. I'm swinging around. I mean, that, I no, but it's cool it. because that, even your gym, it wasn't built for the Iron Cowboy to train. There's extra bikes. There's extra tread. And I see sure. your kids in there running with you. And so I think that's really important if you're going to do... Your goal is to be an example for your kids. You found a way to bring your kids and your family and well, your life it was, it was crazy. I talk all the time that our kids are products of our environments. And if, if you've got a bratty kid... It, that's kind of on you. And I get that there's outliers and whatnot, mm -hmm. but for the most part, it's parenting. And I'm not saying we're perfect, we misstep, we're still learning. Um, but my 11-year-old my daughter came up to me the other day and she goes, hey dad, can I, can I go on the treadmill? And I was like, yeah, sure. So she goes and puts on some, some tight shorts and she starts running and she did a mile. And then she goes, hey, can I ride the bike? And I'm like, yeah. Absolutely. Like you don't have to ask in this family. Unless I'm on it, you can do it. <laughs> yeah, so she gets on the bike and she she's got her headphones on and she's jamming out, and then uh, and then I'm I, we, we built kind of a gym in our house and I'm I'm on the mezzanine. I'm looking down, and I look down and she's downstairs in the gym doing air squats, and I was just like I didn't teach her any of this. Mm -hmm. This is something that she's observed and now wants to do because that's the kind of example that I was that was. So I just cool. I just loved that experience and that interaction that I got to have with her because I didn't say. I'm a runner, you're gonna run. I, I ride my bike, you're riding your bike. You gotta do this every day. And just last week, my ki all three of my ki older daughters, they, did, they made the decision that they wanna run the uh, Halloween half together. They wanna dress up in costumes. They're like, Dad, can you create a program for us? And we, we wanna do that. And I was just like, Oh. You're like, if, if there's one thing I can <laughs> do for you. Go to the other room and cry for a second. <laughs> it's that. The crying cowboy over there. Yeah, so it was just, Especially it was just, daughters, kind, of, it was just though, kind of fun. And it was just, you know, it goes back to setting an example and being consistent with what you're doing and how you do it. And trust me, your kids, they, they, want to, they want to emulate what you do. And so be careful with what you're saying, what you're doing, when you're doing it, why you're doing it, because they're watching. Well, and how you're thinking, like what thoughts are driving your yeah, behavior? You know, you know? I, I don't know, energy is a big topic and it's controversial and whatnot, but yeah, I, I believe huge in the energy that you put out, your kids pick up on that. And, and you, you just gotta be careful. I mean, I've got a huge sign in my house, like, the way you think is the way you vibrate, the way you vibrate is the way you feel. And, and it's just, it's so true. And you've got to be careful every thought that you don't have the luxury. We also have another sign that says you don't have the, the, the luxury of a negative thought because that negative thought is gonna get into your system and then send that energy out. And now you're attracting, I mean, this is a whole- Yeah, yeah, into it, dude. Hey, you're among good company yeah, right, right now. Yeah, this is, this is another huge topic, but I mean, that's, that's, that's huge what we believe on. Energy is, is huge and spirituality, it's big in our family. and. 
all that visualization. I mean, it's just it's just a huge piece of. There's so many pieces to a, a puzzle to make it a, a full piece of artwork, right? And uh, I mean, and we could do ten podcasts and break it into ten topics and really do a deep dive. Um, but yeah, and people just don't realize that. A lot of people come, hey, this is what I want to achieve, and I lay out the game plan, and I'm like, just kidding. I'm out. <laughs> Forget I'm out. That I'm out. Well, I don't for, do that anymore. Uh, before we do our 10 podcast series with the Iron Cowboy, thank you for uh, yeah, agreeing to that. I appreciate yeah, it. You know, no problem. <laughs> um, but give us a teaser for the seven. Uh, I know what's on the what's on the docket. I'm super stoked about it. I think Josh Bridges is the right kind of crazy, but maybe talk about it. It is, yeah. Uh, you know, everyone always asks what's next, and and I've learned that I'll never top the 50, um, unless I do, uh, you know, the same type of thing, a consecutive single location, push my mind and body. And so, kind of came up with something that's logistically challenging, challenging on a different level, both physically and mentally. It involves endurance, but also a speed element because logistics are so hard. Seven full distance triathlons, seven days, uh, seven continents. And so you we're talking Antarctica, Lima, Peru, Miami, Madrid, uh, Cairo, Egypt, uh, Dubai, so Australia. So it's, it's crazy. It's incredibly logistically challenging. Uh, uh, Josh Bridges, CrossFit stud. Has, yeah, has and on top to, of that, you're releasing a tiger to chase you pretty much in Josh Bridges, right? For like. sure. The guy's <laughs> a Navy SEAL, just mental giant on his own right. Um, he just had to have knee surgery, and so logistically, and we want to make it so that he's, you know, has a chance. And so looking at 2021, obviously with, with Antarctica, there's a lot of things that we need to get I have so many questions place. about it. Yeah, it, it's crazy. And, and you know, you got to get with the right partners and the funding. And it's just, it, it's, a bi- it's a big, big thing to put on. And so when it happens, it happens. And uh, like I said, I've got a couple of big races this year, one in the Swiss Alps, one in the Pyrenees, and then the big race in Fiji. And so right now those I'm focusing on those three goals. Um, it doesn't change the next six months. Uh, it's just going to spring vault into those it's a piece of that puzzle to get there. And so nothing needs to change and hopefully the wheels are still turning in the background to, to move towards that goal. Well, I'm excited at the prospect, man. It's, uh, it's funny when I talked to you the other day and said, what's next? I kind of expected it to be like, what's next? What more do you want? But you're like, oh, I have this thing called the seven. And I was just like, wow, next you gotta go planets, man. That's, that's the only other way to go, so. <laughs> Partner it's up with been, Elon and see if you can hit yeah, up yeah, Mars. Let's go. <laughs> Get on the moon, buddy. That's right. Well, I appreciate you spending the time, man. I never know how these conversations are going to go. I expected the the physical. I expected the the impressive. But I think the humility to the process is impressive. I hope guys take that from this conversation. I think the desire to connect uh, humanity. I think the empathy you have towards other people. I think the the understanding that everyone's on their different journey. This is mostly a leadership podcast, whether that's auto leadership, like leading yourself, or whether that's leading other people. And I think you've given, you've evolved. Like we've been friends for a number of years. Your content is higher level. I think your understanding is higher level. It's really cool to do these every couple of years. Well, I I think that's that's the whole point, is if if I was still where I was four years ago, that's that's a problem. That means I'm not progressing, I'm not learning, and I'm still sitting on my past laurels. And, And for me, what's next, it doesn't have to be in the same category. It doesn't have to be physical, mental. It could be business-wise, I- impact-wise, the mental side of the game, creating different ways to have impact. And so I, I think I'll take that as a huge compliment because that, that means I'm, I'm not sitting in the same place. I'm still pushing boundaries in different areas and for me personally in order to grow and face those fears. So thank you. Well, thank you. Thanks for sharing with us. You've been uh, kind of a part of our sales family. So uh, we appreciate you sharing wisdom and 
keeping going. Awesome, man. Go Tiger. Thank you. Go Tiger. Thanks for hanging out with us today. This is Electric People. Take these principles and go be electric.